Welcome to the Red River Report. I'm Georgia Delkey, Editor-in-Chief of The Projector, the student newspaper that serves Red River College Polytechnic students. Here with me today is Samantha McEwen, Multimedia Editor for The Projector. And today we're going to wrap up the year and take a look at some of our most important stories, including the essay elections and the UPASS referendum, birth control access, COVID-19 restriction changes, and looking ahead to the new Projector team that's taking over. Thanks so much for joining me today, Sam. I'm happy to be here. Okay, so first of all, I think the most important thing that we need to talk about are the essay elections that oh, yeah. happened this week. Yeah. Um, so there are elections for new executives and a UPASS referendum. So what happened? So there were about 700 votes in total, um, but there was not enough votes for them to pass the referendum. So they need 1,000 votes. There's only about 714, I believe. 715. 715. See, I was close. Um, and uh, it's looking like it's almost half, just over half voted yes. So we're looking at 57% yes, 408 votes, and 43% no, 307. So that's good. That means the students want the U-Pass. It's obvious like where, yeah, it's coming from. And that's it doesn't really represent all of the students. That's 700. And I... Like I, I voted. Did you vote? I did vote. Of course. Okay. Of course I, I did. Gonna, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say something. Uh no, I just wish that, you know, more people voted because it is something that impacts all students. Well, yeah, especially students that live uh in Winnipeg. And I believe well, I could be wrong on this, but I think the UPass would only be added to students who go to campuses in Winnipeg, so Notre right. Dame or Exchange District. It wouldn't make sense to add yeah. the UPass to someone that studies in Steinbeck. We won't be charging the Winkler students yeah. for a Winnipeg U-Pass, but it is hopefully. super, hopefully, to be to be confirmed. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure that would be dumb. So, yes, yeah, so we didn't get the 1,000 votes needed to ratify the referendum right away, um, but we did get a, the minimum of 500 votes. Um, there, was, there was a minimum that was needed um, for the essay board to deliberate about oh. the U-Pass. Okay. So they're going to talk about it at the next board meeting and decide whether or not to ratify that. I think that's at the end of the month. Um, and that would, I mean, if they ratify it, conclude like a years-long period of trying to get the U-Pass to yeah. Red River College. Yeah. I mean, I think, I know the University of Winnipeg definitely has it. I don't know, but I think the U of M actually has it too. Um, I remember there was some drama a few years back when it was taken away and then reinstated. I'm talking like 10 years ago. And I remember. And it's gotten more expensive too. Right. Even from when Red River College first tried to get the U-Pass um, passed for Red River College students, <laughs> um, it's gotten more expensive, but it's still like way better than just buying a student pass through the city of Winnipeg. Yeah, and way cheaper than paying for parking. Exactly, yeah, especially we, downtown. We know how it feels. We know how it feels. <laughs> um, so that's what's happening with the U-Pass. Um, so we'll definitely hear more about that in the, in the coming weeks. And then for the election, what happened with the SA election? Manpreet, right? Our big winner. Yeah, our big winner. And there were no vice president candidates. Exactly. Which makes me pretty sad. Um, but congratulations, Manpreet. That's awesome, awesome to hear. New yeah. president. New president. Very exciting. Replacing? Avery Halderson. Exactly. Avery. Great job, Avery, on your uh, term this year. You'll be missed, although I guess we're leaving, so. <laughs> yeah. We, we will miss. We will miss, I guess, Avery. Hopefully, uh, good luck to Manpreet this year. Um, and yeah, the vice president positions are going to be filled in a by-election in the fall. Um, so in October, there will be an opportunity for anyone who's interested um, to 
run for vice president. There's internal, external, and academic, yep. I think. And their paid positions, you work for the Student Association, a little plug here. Yeah. Um, their paid positions, uh, and they're great on your resume, uh, great experience, great to advocate for Red River College students. And uh, yeah, get some pretty cool perks. I've, yeah. liked, I've liked working for the Student <laughs> Association. It's fun. Yeah, and uh, we actually have a story coming out today or tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be posting the video up. Uh, where Manpreet actually talks about the time commitment that uh, it would take. So definitely check out the Projector website. Um, we've got a video talking about that. So if you're interested in applying, well, she kind of goes over the, the time commitment there. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. So moving on, another great story that just came out recently is a story about access to birth control from oh. one of our fantastic beat reporters, Iris Dick. She um, Tell me about it. She really killed it at the story. So basically, um, the it's about free birth control and how this organization, Birth Control Access for Manitoba, a volunteer organization, is advocating for free contraception uh, for anyone who needs it. So apparently they want all government, uh, provincial government parties to include it in their platforms for, for the 2023 election. So that's what they're advocating for. Um, Iris covered... She just did a really good job with the story. She talked to a student um, about how, you know, it feels to not have access to free birth control and how, like, you know, people with uteruses have to go through either an IUD, which is a, for some people, pretty painful process. And expensive. And it's very expensive if you don't have benefits. I think I paid over $400 for mine. That's a lot of money. And it's either that or you're paying every month for your birth control. So you don't really have, it's a a good story. I would definitely take, give it a read up uh, and Iris really killed it. Which, I mean, to be fair, shout out to Iris for doing incredible stories this year. Shout out to Iris. Amazing stories. Shout out to all our other beat reporters, uh, Delaney, Margaret, Bryce, Tim. You guys, really did great. You guys are the best, and the projector would not be the same without you. Would so not be the same. We thank them, and go read their stories yeah. on our website because they're all amazing. Yeah, I don't think that Red River College, there are actually um, feminine hygiene products available in Red River, uh, in Students Association offices Yeah, at both the Exchange District and Notre Dame campus, um, but I don't think that Red River College provides, like the college provides free menstrual products. Not free. No. I did, I was checking out the Innovation Center today and there are dispensers, you know, the 25 cent ones. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that, which is useful, obviously. Well, and what's nice is the washrooms in that building are universal. They're not gendered. And so, um, whereas like traditionally you may only see tampon or pad dispensers in women's washrooms. Right. Um, but because these are universal washrooms, everyone has access to these dispensers. They're, they you have to pay for them, but, but it's, it's a still, step in the right direction. It's for sure. still like there doesn't, yeah, you don't have to, that is true. I, I didn't actually think about that, but yeah, they're universal. I love universal bathrooms because there's no, yeah, it, they're all like, there's a door and everything for, for the toilets and everyone kind of shares the sink. It's not a problem. Those washrooms are beautiful. I have, it's kind of a dumb thing to dork out about, but like the sinks are so nice and the hand dryer is like right under the sink. I've ne- I feel like I'm in the future when I'm in that washroom. Oh, yeah. It looks like an alien <laughs> contraption where you go in, like picture like a T that comes out of the wall and you're washing your hands and all of a sudden like on the, the letter, arms, the letter yeah, T. Yeah, like a letter T. Yeah. Not like actual T, but like the letter T and it comes out of the wall and on the arms of the T are like a Dyson air, you know, like the air blade you find at Costco. Branded Dyson. Yeah. It literally says Dyson on the 
Awesome. Yeah, like brand recognition. Like okay. we can see it. We see yeah. the partnership. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you uh, have not gotten a chance, check out Manitou Abi Bidazi Gay building and check out the washrooms because they're super sweet. Yeah. No, I it... rec- highly recommend the washrooms <laughs> in that building. <laughs> like I would go out of my way, out of the exchange district campus to go all the way. To go to those washrooms. To go to the washrooms just to uh, come back here for class. Like I would. So. Be gone extra long. Good thing uh, that $100 million into that building was worth it. it well was. worth it for those washrooms. <laughs> if they're spending $100 million, I want to see nice bathrooms. I, I want to see Dyson Airblade. That's hand dryer within the faucet. That's the whole point. Why else would we be at college? <laughs> um, okay, great. Nice talk about the bathrooms. Um, next up, COVID-19 restrictions. What are we even doing now at the college for COVID restrictions? <laughs> Good question. So we did cover it a few times uh, this year. Obviously, it's like the biggest, it's the thing. We've cover. covered this in pretty much every single podcast episode. Yep. As we should. As um, we should. But yeah, so the blending learning, the blended learning, uh, that's an interesting one because I'm actually wondering, blended learning, if, you know, our listeners don't know, is where you do some classes as needed on campus and then some classes from home, which, you know, in theory sounds, it sounds great. And, you know, I haven't had a problem with it so far, but I'm actually wondering, and for years to come, you know, what the impact of the pandemic is going to have on the you know, remote schooling opportunities because it does open the doors to a lot of people that maybe couldn't have access to, like, you know, they didn't, they lived too far away. Um, it, there's, there's a tons of reasons why online learning is good, but I also wonder if it will affect tuition, if it's going to change any structures in that sense, if blended learning is here to stay. Well, and that's interesting you say that because the college has announced that they're planning for in-person back to a uh, return to in-person learning in the fall. Um, and but so I, right now we don't have a vaccine requirement. I don't think I don't. No, we don't. Masks yeah. are still required yeah. and social distancing is still required on campus. Um, they're providing medical masks usually at the doors. Yeah. Well, we walked in today. No at med- the William Street entrance to Exchange District, there are no masks. On but, the other side either. Oh yeah. Just in the whole, um, Roblin. What's this building called? Roblin Center? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. There are no <laughs> masks. Know. However, if you go to Manitou Abi Bidazige, there are masks in there. Right at the door. Right at the door. So. So that's whatever. Yeah. I mean, but, like, it was surprising. I thought that they were going to be well, they, offering. They're supposed to be there. Right. Okay. So, And I did ask security for a mask and he pulled them out of his drawer. So I wonder if there's like, I don't know. I wonder if there's like a problem. Maybe we could send a reporter on that. Is there budget cuts? Yeah, like I don't know. Is there a lack of masks? masks. Yeah, I don't think there are a lack of masks in this province or at the college, but we could look into that. Um, He handed them to me on a on a um on a a, a tong, like you know, like a tong, like like salad tongs. Yes, yes. borrowed that from Jane's. (laughs) You know he did. Good thing we have a culinary department. Yeah, because where where Where, how else would we hand out the masks? That's true, but uh, yeah, now I was glad to see that he actually had some. Yeah, but it's a good point actually you made about blended learning because it does open so many more doors like um I know for example like people who may not be accessible for them to come to school whether it's distance or maybe they have a disability and it's a lot harder for them to get around because especially buildings that were built um so many years ago I know that Manitoba Bidazige is more accessible now for people who are not necessarily able-bodied um but older buildings like the Roblin Center uh some of the buildings on uh, Notre Dame I know they have a newer building too um aren't accessible you know lots of things could 
um, keep people out of the classroom if it's in person. So that's something that could potentially come into play with remote learning um, and maybe something that college is considering. I don't know. I guess that's kind of a we'll wait and see thing. Yeah, it would be interesting because I know some other like post-secondary institutions in Manitoba are doing um, like they have specifically they have specific programs that are just they'll offer the in-person, but then they'll offer a totally different program online. Like it would be interesting now that they have the online infrastructure for it, infrastructure like learn um, if they're going to be like offering any type of program that is in-person or online for a, like a different kind of group of people. Yeah. And with different tuition because it should be. Hopefully. It should be. Yeah. When you're, you're not using the facilities like that's a whole thing that is like yeah you shouldn't be paying for those costs for this yeah you shouldn't be paying for the same services as in-person students but uh that's something that uh, our next projector team will um continue covering so keep watching for that kind of thing um and so speaking of next team we want to kind of look forward um before we maybe talk about that there are some other stories that um our projector team are going to cover in the next week or so uh what's coming up for us so Iris is actually looking into the college budget and how their excess uh, last year. And 2019, kind of, I think, actually. Right, 2019, their, their excess and what is kind of like, where's that going? How is that, you know, being used? And so that'll be interesting to find out uh, from Iris. And Delaney is actually talking to the queen herself, Avery Halderson. Avery Halderson. Yeah, about her year. Uh, and that I'm really excited for just yeah. to hear you know, what what went right, maybe not right, maybe, you know, things to look forward to in the future, kind of yeah. like a re- recap. Like a fireside chat yeah. with the Prez. <laughs> like a coffee with Avery. <laughs> coffee yeah. with Avery. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, we've also, Bryce, you can talk about this, he's covering the Manitoba Moose Job Shadow Program. Yes, so we had a, um, I was a part of this, I was one of the participants, uh, shameless plug. Catch me on Global. I've <laughs> done a few interviews for this. Um, but the Manitoba Moose put on a job shadow program for women in sport. Um, right. So there were six participants, and they kind of took us around the True North offices. We met a bunch of people at True North, saw how things worked, and we got to do a game day experience. So go behind the scenes up in the press box, uh, in the control room, at ice level. Everything that goes on behind the scenes, we got to not only see, but also help with it. I got to do the goal horn when we scored, cool. which is one of the highlights of my life, honestly. It was so fun. Just press a little button. Well, that's cool. Like, I mean, like, I feel like women, yeah, like offering programs for women like that, that's, there's second to none, especially in a um, male-dominated industry like sports, obviously. Well, and not only that, like, lots of companies, even, like, male-dominated uh, industries or companies will do like these one day things like especially for like international women's day they'll yep. like post on social media pictures of all their female employees which that's not a bad thing there's nothing inherently wrong with that but either that or like their one day um workshops or something like none of these types of programs really make a lasting impact for women in the workplace or women trying to get into the workplace but something like this with the job shadow program like we made so many connections Mm -hmm. Um, we learned about what the actual opportunities are for us in the sports entertainment industry and we got to try it out and see what we're good at and so those are the types of things that really go beyond the two days of the program and those are the types of things that lots of organizations should be trying to do uh, especially in this greater push for equity, diversity, inclusion, mm-hmm. that all companies should be doing yeah. um, programs for 
young people, for marginalized folks, all of these things that last longer than just a one day service level thing. Yeah, totally agree. Um, well, so I, mean, I can't say enough good things about the job shadow program. It was tons of fun. Yeah. And I, honestly, I'm really excited to read. Well, Bryce is an excellent reporter too, yeah. um, as are all of them, but I'm just like, I can't shout them out enough. But. Yeah. We love our reporters here at The Projector. Yeah. They're the best. Um, but Bryce, I'm really excited to read a story about it because, I mean, it's sports related. We know that, you know, there's not much sports to be talked about, not many sports to be talked about at Red River anymore. And so I'm really excited for him to, to have that opportunity as well. Yeah, that'll be a great story. And last but not least, we are covering Convocation. And TB, which is TBD. Which is TBD. Uh, we There has been some murmurs, some whispers about maybe it's online, uh, maybe it's in person. We have heard, though, that like chances are it is online, but we haven't heard an official. There's so been, that's been, uh, those are rumors that we've heard yeah. that have maybe trickled down. Maybe some faculty have, have said something or let something slip. But, but I not don't, for sure. Uh, nothing for sure. I don't think that um, anything has been confirmed or at least not to students publicly. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I know that there are other universities in the province and, and other, um, uh, just post-secondary institutions or, or faculties that are doing in-person. That's the thing. Like vacations. Other people are doing it, are planning to do it at least. I just, I don't know. I think in, in my head, like if, if other places are doing it, I understand the need for safety. I understand the need. For sure. Absolutely. I'm the first person that will triple mask anywhere she goes. Um, I think that it's one of those things that's really hard to decide on, really hard to kind of... I I, I hope for an in-person convocation. I think that the students, especially if everyone else is in the province is getting one, it's like one of those things that... It would suck. It's FOMO. It is FOMO. And it would suck as graduating students. Like, we, we, we want that. At the same time... Do I understand For sure. Know, where the college is coming from? Yes, I do. It would just suck still. It's like yeah. rock in a hard place, right? Yeah, it is rock in a hard place. And yeah, as a graduate, I can speak for myself saying I would like to walk an actual stage, <laughs> not too. a virtual one. Me too. Because, um, you know, and all the graduates have, have earned um, the right to do that. But we'll see what unfolds there. So I haven't, I haven't had a graduation in 10 years. I would love to see it. You're aging yourself, Sam. <laughs> yeah, oops. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> No. It wasn't that long ago for me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the stories we got we got coming up. I'm really excited for all of them. I'm really excited for, you know, the last week of and last little bit of, you know, my projector career. And it's it's honestly been a pleasure. It's been the best roller coaster ups, downs, mostly ups. Pretty much mostly ups. Honestly, mostly ups. I can't even think of a down right now. <laughs> um but yeah, the the fact that we got to do in person meetings, the fact that we got to actually hang out and brainstorm stories in the projector office has been great. So I'm, I've, I've got, uh, I've got that to think back on. Yeah. And we can't say enough good things about, uh, about our team. We talked about our reporters, all of our editors as well, Sam, Josh, Tyler, Margaret, uh, Emma as well. It's been, I, I can just brag a little bit about our team. Like it's been so much fun and, and it's really been so easy to work with such a talented group of journalists. Um, so it's been kind of a dream come true for me. And it's really exciting also to see the next team up and coming. Rachel Fursell, our incoming editor-in-chief, and all of her editors and beat reporters are going to do a fantastic job. So please keep an eye out on the website for their stories, uh, what they're working on both in April and, and in, in the fall. Um, they're going to do a fantastic job. I have no doubt. For sure. All right. Well, thanks so much, Sam, for joining us today. My name is George Jolke, and for the last time, this is the Red River Report.